Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here as always is my co-host, Ed Birdsall, Mr. Birdsall. How you doing? How's your weekend? Well, besides watching the absolute shit show that was Arsenal Football Club on Sunday, it was good. It was good. Had my first draft on Saturday. We have our co-own draft tomorrow night, which I am very excited for. I mean, I think, uh, you know, with the the hurricane that seemingly popped out of nowhere and then became the hurricane that underperformed, there was a little bit of a, a worry as to whether or not the co-own draft was going to happen as scheduled. But fortunately, everyone is is good to go. Hopefully you and yours are, are as well. And hopefully you haven't been too disturbed by the hurricane, no matter where you are, you know, especially if you're on the East coast, if you're in California, then I think, you know, you, you don't know what a hurricane is, but you know, what, nice weather. you know what wildfires are. So, you know, that that's, that's an entirely different conversation. I'm not a meteorologist. Maybe, maybe, maybe Adam is a meteorologist. Maybe it's one of his many titles. As we know, he is a radio professional with multiple degrees from Hofstra University. He is an award-winning journalist, subscribes to the Associated Press, and is a member of the 1% due to the daily emails that he gets from the Associated Press. And he is a man of medical science as a doctor. First of all, not a doctor. Second of all, why don't you ask the, the, the other actual weatherman that you know? True, true. The weatherman for the Basement Talk podcast, Jared Faggione. Yeah, I'm surprised that his name didn't pop up and you didn't just, instead of just making fun of me again. I wouldn't say making make fun of you, Adam. I, I wouldn't say making fun of you. Very pitcher's mentality when it, when it comes to when I go on my little blurb. But you notice how much, how often I've done it now that I don't even need to go into the deep, deep voice. I can just rattle it off mid-sentence, just free flow and literally nothing. It's perfect. My brain is so well-trained at this point to just go. I hate it. You, you should be so Not proud of me. You should be so proud of me. I mean, it's impressive that you memorize the whole thing, that you can just do it on a whim, but I also hate it because it's about me. It's what, would you like me to, what would you like me to say, Adam? Would you like me to say, Adam Caster, my work husband, such a very handsome, beautiful man, who radiates with every look that he gives, every eye roll that he gives just makes me feel a funny way inside. Would you like that? Would you like that more? No, it's a bit worse, actually. Okay, good. So we'll stick with the, radio professional. I'll, I'll take the former. Okay, I mean, those good. are two terrible, those are two terrible options. I'll just say. I I, I disagree. I disagree. You can't, Adam, you're trying to suppress the love that we have. It's, it's that okay. would be like, that's like saying, would you like me to cut off your arm or your leg? Wow, that's that's shocking. That's shocking. Is it shocking? Adam, Adam you're trying you're trying to suppress our love, and I don't appreciate it. Moving on swiftly. Yes. So please talk about this bullshit with you know the NFL is the no fun link, but talk about this bullshit with Cam Newton's COVID test. Yes, this came out about 20 minutes ago. We are recording on Monday at 11 12 a.m. So this came out around 1053-ish, 1052. Uh, Cam Newton has been told that he violated the NFL's COVID testing policy and will have to stay away from the Patriots facility for a total of five days. Uh, The violation came as a result of Cam Newton going and seeing an outside independent doctor uh, for what is being called as a routine checkup of some sort. 
and they administered a COVID test on him and they basically were not in line with what the NFL's COVID testing policy is. And as a result, Cam Newton will have to be away from the facility for a total of five days. It's obviously, it obviously is a big blow because time is so precious, especially on the practice field now that we are closing in on two weeks away till opening kick for the NFL season. And the Patriots definitely want Cam Newton to be on the field as their starting quarterback, at least for now, come week one. They want to see him get all the reps that he possibly can get. And five days without taking any reps on the practice field, and then you're looking at game on the weekend, and then maybe you know he may not be back on the field until Monday at the very earliest of next week. That is definitely a bit of an issue. But uh, for now, it's nothing that's going to get Cam Newton in, in specifically hot water. The Patriots knew about this appointment. They cleared the appointment. So it has nothing to do with Cam Newton going out of his way and, and you know not doing something that wasn't approved by his own team, by his, the guys that signed his paycheck. The Patriots knew about it. They okayed it. He did it. They administered a COVID test that was not approved by the National Football League. at this independent doctor. And now he'll just have to sit for five days. And then when he does, goes back, gets a COVID test that is administered by the National Football League, and he'll be ready to go. Yeah, so it has everything to do with the NFL being dumb. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, it would be one thing if it's just like, oh, well, he went to go get a COVID test off-site and it wasn't approved by anybody. He just went to go get a COVID test at a random urgent care in New England outside like in Patriot place or something, but it's different. You know, this right. is a, he's going to a team approved doctor's appointment and he got a COVID test from a team approved doctor. I would, I mean, we'd never know this because, you know, Hippocratic or there's nothing, whatever. We never really know why the COVID test was unauthorized, but I'm kind of interested just out of a curiosity perspective, because if everything else is team approved, then what did they do to fuck up the COVID tests that it wasn't to the NFL's liking? I'm surprised that you're actually defending the Patriots on something. And someone associated with the Patriots on something. This is this is like groundbreaking. Well, listen, you know, I if I see bullshit, I call it bullshit. This is not this is nothing to do with what they're doing on the field or anything like that. I mean, I don't know, I didn't. I don't know. I don't even think Cam Newton is really going to have much of a chance to start too many games to the season anyway. I disagree. I disagree. I think it, the, Patri- the Patriots want Cam Newton to be the starter for 18 weeks. I don't think they want Mac Jones to be the guy until they are either A, out of it, or B, something happens where Cam Newton proves to be inefficient or Cam Newton gets hurt. But I think outside of that, I think they want Cam to be the guy. Well, I think that Bill Belichick might be growing senile in his old age, because if he saw Cam Newton last year, then he probably, he'd be wanting to start Mac Jones as soon as possible. I I see. I think, I think that's a a silly argument because I think you look at what the Patriots did in the off season, bringing in Nelson Aguilar, um, bring in Kendrick Bourne, bring in Hunter Henry, John O. Smith. They, they want to bring in guys that are going to be productive players in that, in that offense and, you know, bringing back Jacoby Myers, who, by the way, looks like he is going to be the number one receiver for the New England Patriots. So 
Jacoby Myers could be a, a great shout to take late in drafts. But Cam Newton worked with what he had last year. And honestly, what he had was nothing. You could say that what they have now may not exactly be the finished product, sure, but it's way better than what they had last year. If you if you just want to say it's Janu and Hunter Henry, I think that's much better than what they had last year by by a sizable amount. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a bit better just because Kevin Newton did have COVID last year, and we saw with our favorite hockey team that COVID – can really affect athletes yep. in a certain way that makes them go into slumps. Yep. So I think that, I mean, sure. He'll be better. He'll be better uh, this year, but I don't know. I, I, it's just weird. I think it's just, it just doesn't like compute with me to have a team in this day and age wanting to, you know, have like, handle their quarterback with kid gloves and basically burn one year off of his rookie contract. Ideally, like the Chiefs plan, did with Mahomes. No, but I think that Alex Smith is a better starter and more consistent starter than Cam Newton is. Yeah. But he, mm, I don't know if you could say that though, because Alex Smith had the Chiefs were a playoff team too. Yeah, but they had Tyree kill. They had Travis Kelsey with Alex Smith. Cam Newton, who did Cam, who, who did Cam Newton have last year? I'm waiting. Uh, the the ghost of Nikhil Harry. Exactly. He didn't have anybody. So yeah, if Cam Newton comes out of the gate and he's shocking through four or five games, and the Patriots are 0 5, 1 and 4, then yeah, there's going to be a conversation that's had about whether or not Mac Jones should be the starter. No doubt, it, it's inevitable. But if the Patriots come out and they win a couple games, say they're two and three, they're three and two, they don't look too bad, then, then I think the Patriots are doing what can't what the Cam Newton is doing what the Patriots would want them to do, and that's win some games and really let Mac Jones marinate as much as much as he possibly can because Mac Jones. Mac Jones, for me, is another guy that I think needs to sit along with Justin Fields and along with Trey Lance. I think there's two guys that are ready to go right now. It's Zach Wilson and it's Trevor Lawrence. The rest, I think, need to sit. Uh, Zach looked great. Hey, he he seems to really love throwing the football to Corey Davis. So that's, uh, that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of uncanny how much he, how much he looks at Corey Davis. Yeah, but I also, I also have this sort of thing where Jets fans obviously they obviously want to hype up Zach, and I understand it, but are so quick to then go and say, "Oh, so and so is playing against third teamers." Listen, we've, Zach, been hurt, when, we've been hurt so many times before when Zach was it. as well. So yeah. it's like you, you got to call it spade a spade. Yeah. Zach was not playing against a legit defense. Did he look good? Yeah, he absolutely looked good. But Justin Fields has looked great. And Justin Fields, there was nearly a crime scene on the field over the weekend. I mean, that that, that hit was just, holy God. I know. The city of Chicago was collectively, collectively holding their breath. Um, and Trey Lance has looked adequate. I still think the starter is going to be Garoppolo. 
Yeah. It's just my well, own opinion. Honestly, I think for, for the quarterbacks that are sitting, the 49ers have the best excuse to sit Trey Lance. The Bears and that- Patriots. Yeah. Well, the best out of, okay. The best out of Andy Dalton and Cam Newton. The best excuse to sit oh, there. Oh, you're, sa- your you're, you're saying who would be covering for them. And you're saying Garoppolo is better than Dalton and Newton. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But Trey Lance was also taken at three. Yes. So there's that. He was. But I think like you took a guy at three only to sit him. And you traded it. You traded up for him, too. Correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, A story that we talked about last week, the ongoing revolving door that is the Miami Dolphins backfield. uh, We said to keep an eye on Miles Gaskin to see where the alarm bells are with him. And Miles Gaskin looked absolutely terrific. 71 yards, two touchdowns in the Dolphins preseason win versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Gaskin had six carries for 27 yards, ran one in, and then he caught four receptions for 44 yards and a receiving touchdown there as well. But at what cost? You lost I, AJ McCarron. Oh, they lost AJ McCarron. Oh, my goodness. You, you know what? The whole Gaskin-Brown situation, I think I finally have a grip on it. You need to embrace that this is going to be a committee. But you need to also look at it as talent is always going to show at the end of the day. Miles Gaskin is the most talented running back in this backfield. He is going to show how good he is. And pending he can stay on the field, pending he can stay healthy, he's going to be a contributor because he can catch passes. He's good in between the tackles. He's a hard runner. And quite frankly, I think Miami's offense looks better with him than it does with Malcolm Brown. So for me, Miles Gaskin is the guy I'm looking at as the RB1 for Miami. And if he can prove that he can do all the things I just mentioned, Miles Gaskin has the upside, like I've been talking about all offseason, to be an RB2, if not, if not, a low-end RB1 in PPR scoring. I believe that. I I agree with you. I, I definitely do. I think I, I don't know. It's this preseason game has kind of shown has kind of like reinforced my previous opinion on uh, on Miles Gaskin just because he looked pretty good. You know, four four point five yards per carry. Uh, like you said, he had a sixteen yard carry, which is pretty good, and a touchdown, which is good. Um, I mean, Malcolm Brown got more carries, but you know, it's preseason. One thing I didn't realize, I didn't realize that Philippe Franks was like he was eligible to come out of college. The uh, Florida State flameout. Florida. Florida, whatever. Florida. Same thing. Florida and then went to uh, Arkansas. And yes, they both, Razorbacks. both colleges churn out quarterbacks like it's like it's nothing. So it's, true. it's basically the same situation. It's very, very true. So keep an eye on um, on Miami there. Uh, so news about the New York Giants. Well, actually, uh, Philippe Franks might end up being might get a job as a backup now that agent McCarron is out for the season with a torn I think ACL. He's probably going to be unless they bring in somebody else. Yeah. Unless they bring in somebody else. Uh, Giants news. Uh, Saquon Barkley is expected to play against the New England Patriots this upcoming week. Great news for anybody who uh, is interested in Saquon and anybody who's a Giants fan who wants to see Saquon Barkley. This is going to be the opportunity to do so. Uh, it's going to be limited. 
uh, for sure. You know, don't expect Saquon to really go all out or anything like that. It's probably going to be a drive where he gets, you know, a couple touches and they just kind of see how he is. But I would expect that in the last really tune-up game that they have, that the Giants are going to want to see where Barkley is and then really start to push him a bit back on the practice field. But for now, Barkley is going to see some game action this week, and that is a good sign for anybody who is interested in, in Saquon Barkley and cares about Barkley. Yeah, it feels like the Giants and the Patriots always play in week three in the last preseason game like the Jets and Eagles do. They always The Jets and Eagles always play in the last preseason game. As long as I've been a Jets fan, basically. Yeah. yeah. I always notice that every single year. Do the is that the same thing for the Cowboys? Do they always play like the same team? Nope. Nope. We're playing the Jaguars. Oh, that yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, exactly. We're playing the Jaguars. We're 0 3 in preseason. So we lost to the Texans. So oh, that's right. You are 0 3. Yeah, we're 0 3 in the preseason. Hey, the Jets are 2 0. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Winners of the preseason, New York Jets. No, well, the winners of the preseason are the Baltimore Ravens, who have won 19 straight preseason games. That's true. That's very true. Good point. Good point. Um, some other news. Indianapolis, we go to Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, Quentin Nelson, going to be back on the practice field today, Monday. Great, great news for the Colts. Great, great news for Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor on the come up again. Yeah, um, the good thing is is that A.J. Brown also is expected to be ready for, for week one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was never that was never a major concern, but, you know, been dealing with that knee injury all all preseason, all training camp long. So it's just kind of like, you know, it, it's a little scary, but so has Stephon Dix. Stephon Dix has been dealing with that knee injury as well, and both guys are are expected to be ready to go for opening day. Was all it right. crazy that was that the same oh. knee of la- as last year? Yes, same name. Okay, same yeah. name. All right. So, are you ready? Yes, Bird. How was your draft? That's my. Yeah, it was very interesting. I can't wait. You it was very interesting. Before we went on air here, you really hyped this up, so I'm excited to see what you did. So, what I think we do for full context is we kind of go round by round and just kind of hit on certain things that I thought were a little surprising and, you know, read them out. I think for probably the first five or six, we can just read them out. And then from there on out, uh, we'll just go and we'll look at, you know, certain picks that were a little surprising. Cause I, cause there were some values here that I thought were, were a little surprising. What and, you know, we just kind of, we just kind of go from there. You know, this is one of those where, you know, like those pictures on the internet, where like everything is out of whack and like out of order. And, yeah. and it's like the longer, you, the longer that you look at this picture, the more you see wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's this draft. Uh-huh. Literally every single time I, I just glance over at the rounds, I'm just like, what the fuck? Yep. Why is this like this? Yep. Okay. I know. Um, so the first round starts off innocently enough. Um, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Alan Kamara, Stefan Diggs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Zeke. And that was your pick. Mm-hmm. Was Zeke, you have the eighth overall pick. Yep. 
and Devontae Adams at nine and Tyreek Hill at 10. You know, so, when we answered that question about which team has the most expensive players, we did not think that you could pick all three Chiefs in the first round. I might have said it jokingly, but all three of the main Chiefs were picked in the first round. And Tyreek Hill was the last one picked. Yeah. Which is wild. Who would have thought that that would be the case, too? Yeah. Wild. So I'll let you know what I was thinking going into this draft. So I was thinking that I was going to go Devontae Adams, then one of Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, or DeAndre Hopkins. That was the plan. That's what I had prepared for. But then Patrick Mahomes at six. By the way, this is not a two-quarterback league. I just want to preface that. Patrick Mahomes at six completely threw that out the window. Because then I said to myself, well, I'm going to get one of Zeke or Aaron Jones, which I did not think I was going to get. And lo and behold, I did get Zeke, which was, I was, I was like, I don't know how the hell this happened. But then we get to the next round, and that's when I had the decision of the draft to make just right in my hands that I did not think I would have to make. And so we'll just go right to round two because that's okay. this is where the extension of this, this, this whole thing just starts. Okay, so Aaron Jones, Josh Allen, Nick Chubb was your pick, mm-hmm. uh, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Najee Harris. So this Najee is Harris. The, so yeah. the decision that I had to make here, which in round three as well is where Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson went. I was thinking it was down to Nick Chubb versus Barkley versus Taylor. And I did not think that I would have had to make that decision. And I took I took the time on it. I think we had 60 seconds to make the pick. I think I took about 57 because I did not know what to do. And at that the end be, of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, what I decided was Barkley fucked me last year. So I was not going there. And Jonathan Taylor just had too many questions at this moment in time. So I went with the safest option on the board, which was Chubb. Now, could I have gone Eckler? Yeah. But why didn't I go Eckler? Because Eckler and Zeke have the same bye week, week seven, and I knew that. So I decided to go with the later bye with Chubb, knowing that Zeke and Chubb are going to be on different buys, and I have both, and I'm chill. Oh, look at this, Mr. Guy who doesn't care about bye weeks. Well, when it comes to the two, my two starting running backs, yeah. And if I can avoid it, hell yeah. If I can avoid it in the top two rounds, I'm going to avoid it. Okay, it doesn't I'm matter. It doesn't matter, but if it's, if it's a tiebreak, if you're in a tiebreak situation, yeah, it, it, it does matter. All right, I'm just supposed to need balls. Any- <laughs> I realized you're good uh, at it. I am good at it. Uh, this, I mean, I just have so many questions. Just with the second round, I mean, uh, well, the first two rounds, really, I think that it's crazy that all of our theories that we've been talking about for months for months about running backs going early. And like, it's not even just us. It's like a lot of the people who are in these, in this fantasy football industry are like, Oh, all the running backs are going to go really early. All the running backs are going to go really early. Get it while it's, while the getting's good. You saw Patrick Mah- in this draft specifically, it's not like a crazy 
super flex tight end premium. So normal three wide receiver, uh, full point PPR draft. Patrick Mahomes went six. Travis Kelsey went seven. And Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill were after that, were a bit after that in the first round. So after four, after four, four and eight, up like one through four and eight were the only picks in the first round that were running backs. Yeah, I was surprised. Genuinely. Genuinely, I was surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that much of a 50-50 split. And nope. then all the running backs of consequence, it seemed, went in the in the second round and then the early third. And these yeah. are players that I didn't even think were going to be available at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Like, there was an opportunity for a team if they really wanted to. Say Team 9. Team 9 that started with Dalvin Cook could have gone Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Jonathan Taylor. Or Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor. That is... Oof. Oof. That's sick. Yeah. They could have, but they didn't. I mean, the team that they have is not terrible, as I'm seeing it. Yeah, as you're seeing, as you're seeing it, the, the, from what I remember, that team was okay. From what I remember, I mean, there wasn't, either. there wasn't really one singular team I thought that was almighty coming out of the draft. There may have been one that was a, maybe a bit better that everyone was saying, "Yeah, it's a good team," but it wasn't like. It wasn't a profound, like, wow, that's a super team. Yeah, no, this is uh, Kellogg's new cereal. Oops, all weird picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I ended up then going J.K. Dobbins in round three, which was a pick that I kind of had a decision to make where I wanted to get my running backs done, but at the same time, Clyde was there. JK was was there. there. Sanders was there. Montgomery was there. I ended up going Robert Woods in round four because I missed out on Allen Robinson. So if I could go back and I could correct myself, I would have taken Allen Robinson there and I would have gambled on getting JK Dobbins in round four or Clyde in round four or even Miles Sanders in round four. I would have been almost okay with, but I, I did get screwed a bit. Not getting Keenan Allen there. He was the guy I was I was targeting Keenan Allen or Terry McLaurin. So I, I just settled for the guy that I wanted, which was which was JK. But if I could go back, I would probably have taken Robinson there. But in your in your defense, your running back room is sick. Yeah. Yeah, which is what I'm very, very happy about is having Zeke, Chubb, and Dobbins. I think that's a really, really, really good start. And then you're gonna have a tough decision. You're basically gonna be starting JK Dobbins at Flex every mm-hmm. single week. You're gonna be yeah. like yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have Dobbins is my flex every single week, pretty much. But then, you know, from this point out is when I had to go heavy receiver. I had to really put an emphasis on getting my receivers and taking guys that I really, really liked. And Robert Woods was there. Could I have gone with CD or Adam Thielen there? Yeah, probably. I, pro- I probably could have. But with the news that came out about Dak and you know, for me, we didn't talk about it because it, it's noteworthy to say that Dak isn't going to be a hundred percent, but I just believe in seeing it. And, you know, I think here 
I was more wanting to settle on Woods, if anything, which which is fine, you know, is what it is. And then in round five, I went with Brandon Ayuk. Could have had Deontay Johnson, but I just like the upside of Ayuk more. So I went, I went with him. I think at this point, what I really wanted to do was I didn't want to go with safe options after I got that with Woods. I wanted to go for guys that had upside and tremendous upside. And I think I got that with Ayuk in round five. And then in round six with Claypool, I think I got that. Now, Claypool for me, it was a reach a bit in round six. But again, I just wanted that upside knowing that, yeah, there's something, there's potential there for Claypool to outperform being a round six pick. Yeah, I think that, you know, looking at this draft, looking at um, rounds five and six, you know, Kyle Pitts going at the 5-2 is pretty fascinating for me. I agree. I, I, I think I let an audible gasp at that one. <laughs> Was this a live draft? Uh, no. No, it's not okay. live. All right. Well, yeah. So Kyle Pitts at the, at the 5-2. Um, honestly, Chase Edmonds at the 6-1. I think I'm sure people will probably say, oh, that's a fine pick. But I'm just like, really? I just don't know about Chase Edmonds. What's well, not that I don't know. It's just like, I'm not crazy about Chase Edmonds. I think I would have rather had Jacobs there. In yeah. round six. In round six. But but if James Conner goes down, Chase Edmonds is, is an RB2 with upside for more. Yes. So, But it just seems that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't see Chase Edmonds as that on a consistent basis. That you're basically hoping for uh, James Conner to get Wally pipped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then round seven, this, this is when I made, I kind of went off board a little bit. I was going to take Robbie Anderson. I was fuming when Robbie Anderson didn't make it to me. I was so pissed, but I did end up going Mark Andrews. So now I have two of the Ravens, Mark Andrews, JK Dobbins, which will be interesting. It, it, it'll be interesting for sure. But all I know is I'll be watching week one, Monday night football very, very closely when the Ravens go to the Death Star and take on the Raiders. Death Star. It's true. The Death Star. Yes. Um, And then round eight, this is probably my most interesting pick of the draft that I think a lot of people were kind of surprised by. I went with Odell. Odell was here, and I took him. And I went went back and forth. I thought about Brandon Cooks, who I like a bit. Uh, Miles Gaskin was there, who I could have taken just to kind of really shore up that running back room. But... I said, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to keep going with the emphasis at that point to really try and, and slam the desk to try and get high upside receiver plays. And perhaps there's no more higher upside than Odell Beckham because we all know what he's capable of. The problem is that he's in an offense that wants to run the ball. But if he gets the opportunity, I mean, my, my God, this, the, he, he could be a wide receiver one. We all know that but it's about him staying healthy and getting that opportunity. Well, I think that honestly the highest upside receiver in this round is Jerry Judy. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I also just, they, they just don't have, I know any, you don't any, like your lock. They don't have proven a proven thing at quarterback. That's the problem. And it's probably going to yeah. be locked to start. And I don't know if I really trust drew lock with Judy. And I don't know if I could have waited on Teddy Bridgewater to come in and be the guy. 
That's the problem. Okay. You're going heavy AFC North also. Yeah. Because you have two Ravens and two new Browns and two old Browns. Yeah. And then I went with an old Steeler next round as well with Antonio Brown. No, well, I mean, never mind. Yeah. Sure you get. Yeah. I went, I went AFC North heavy, AFC North influence with Antonio Brown around nine. Yes. Which for me, it was my favorite pick of the draft. I was so excited to make it. I was so excited to make it because I knew exactly what I wanted to do at that point. Round nine, go Antonio Brown. And then round 10, go with the bad man, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Let's go. Hate it. Get that, get that Tampa Bay stack. Hate it. Wait, what the fuck? What? Is that the Buccaneers defense in round 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And there's a kicker in round 10, too. Oh, no. And, and one in round, in round nine. Oh no! I, I oh oh yeah. They didn't listen. They didn't listen to the podcast though. They should, they should start. They should start. They're, listen, they're listen beyond the health. Yeah, but then look at look at what happens here around eleven. Defense, defense, right in six and seven in round eleven. Then you had round twelve. Kickers start going. I mean, nightmare stuff. Nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. What the fuck stuff. is it? What universe is this that Corey Davis? Like defenses are going ahead of Corey Davis. Disgraceful abhorrent, I know. Disgraceful and abhorrent. So let me read out the team just for full consumption. Tom Brady, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Mark Andrews, J.K. Dobbins, 49ers defense, Matt Prater, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Lindsay, Nicole Hardman, Tony Pollard, and Gus Edwards. There you go. Well, you, you missed your opportunity to get Kareem Hunt, unfortunately, because that was the pick right before Odell. Yeah, and, and, and to be completely honest, I really wasn't zeroing in on Hunt. Should I have been? Probably. But I just liked having more upside at receiver more than I did going for the handcuff to Chubb. Although getting Kareem Hunt would really put you in a pickle with J.K. Dobbins. Maybe. Probably not, though. Probably not. I think I would have started Dobbins weekly just because I, I, I love him. I love him. Okay. And I, I, the way I look at it going back is, would I have taken Robinson over Dobbins if I could do it again? Yes. But would I have been more upset if I didn't get Dobbins or if I didn't get Robinson? I would have been more upset if I didn't get Dobbins. Just because I think looking at looking at this team, it looks a lot nicer with Dobbins there. But I obviously did not did not even imagine in my wildest dreams that Clyde Edwards Alaire would have been there for me in round four. Never. Never. And I'll be completely honest with you, I thought about taking him. I thought so about taking four, him. You would have like started off with like four running backs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then would have used one as trade bait. Honestly. It's not a I bad thought idea. about it, but it's, it's a dangerous game to play. It's a dangerous game to play. So I was just like, you know what? I need to take a receiver here. And that's when, that's when I took Woods. And then Clyde went right after me. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's the team. And I think people are going to say to me, you know, what's the plan with the 49ers defense? I was the last one to take a defense. So I was the last one to take a defense and the last one to take a kicker. 
Well, so, you know, it's not terrible that the 49ers, it's the 49ers defense because they're playing Detroit. Yeah, they're playing the Lions. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a streamer. They're a streamer. I am, I am full embrace the stream. And here I am. The Lions, and the I mean, Lions will be my defense for this week. And I believe they're going to be my defense for next week as well. I think they play the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. So I'll stream them for two weeks. Yeah, I think that also Matt Prater is not terrible. He's a good kicker. You know, he's got. No. I don't know if he's. Yeah. No, he's he's got upside. He's got upside. He's in, he's in the Cardinals' offense. So does he still have that range? He's got like he had like a monster leg. Like he was the guy that was kicking all those field goals during Tebow mania. Yeah, and he'll and he'll be in a dome again as well, which yes. which is nice. But but you know how it is with 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 kickers. I mean, a dome again. Well, that's true. He was with the Lions for a long period of time. So. Right. And and there, there are kickers that are available if I want to go pick up one. Like Ryan Suckup is there. Josh Lambeau is there. Tyler Bass. Daniel Carlson, if I want to what go that What about Rodrigo route. Blankenship? Who actually might be good for the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, he could be He could be good for the Colts. I, would be, Bass, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I'm going to hot rod at some point. But hot I just rod. like – I like having that, that flexibility. That's what that's what I really like. And I think with Prater, Prater's a guy that I'll, you know, I'll test out week one, see if I like him. If I don't, I drop him, go pick up another kicker. If I do, great. And he's my guy. But I think for now, you know, my defense and my kicker defense, I will not keep the 49ers defense all year. Matt Prater, I highly doubt I keep all year. And I I've thought about dropping Philip Lindsay and going to pick up another running back just because I don't really want to be stuck with the Texans guys. And I'm just looking at who's there. Tevin Coleman's there. And if Tevin Coleman's going to be the starter for the jets week one against Carolina, that could be worthwhile. Just having. Just because of Josh Jacobs and what he did last year against the Panthers defense in week one. No, just because Tevin Coleman looks like he could be the starter. Well, starter in what in the context of who is going to be touching the ball first? Tevin Coleman will be the number one guy in the depth chart, at least to start. You know, I think you should pick Matt Amendola with two M's. He's the just kicker. I I am well aware. I saw I saw his name all over Twitter. I I, I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I had to, I had to realize and say, oh yeah, that's that's the new Jets kicker. Yeah. The guy that the, all Jets fans will fall in love with and then absolutely loathe in no time. I'm still bitter about letting Jason Myers walk. But oh I, you know. I but believe me, I I get that. You Jets fans are always bitter. Bitter bunch. But uh but why yeah, don't you that's... try not winning a Super Bowl for 50 years? I we haven't won one in 25. So oh, we're almost there. Cry me a river. We're almost there. Um Adam, how would you how would you grade this team? Full honesty, you could tell me it sucks. You could tell me it's great. I know you drafted Tom Brady, so I'm gonna have to really knock it down a, b- a bunch of pegs. Fuck you. <laughs> um, you know, if you drop Tom Brady for for good for a better quarterback, and you start Ryan Tannehill, I'd probably be more inclined to give you a a B plus because I do really like your running back, your running back room. I'm a big fan of Zeke, Chubb, and Dobbins. Um, the receivers, there's a lot a lot of uh, speculation with the receivers. It would have looked a lot better with Robinson. It would have. 
a lot better. Yeah, I agree. But there, you know, that's the thing. You know, you can always do the coulda, woulda, shoulda, and see like the butterfly effect of what would have happened there. But I think it. The thing is, if you had, if you had picked Robinson, then you probably wouldn't have picked Woods either. It would be like Robinson, Aya, Claypool. Yeah, but then it also probably could have been Zeke and then Chubb. Who would you Clyde. have a running back? It probably yeah. could have been Zeke Chubb Clyde, and then it would have been Robinson Ayuk Claypool. Which I think wouldn't which wouldn't have been bad. Which wouldn't have been bad, but I think I was more like I said before, I would have been more okay with missing out on Robinson, knowing that I had Dobbins over having Dobbins or having Robinson and not having Dobbins. If I could have had both. Terrific. But at the end of the day, I just knew that I wanted to have Dobbins more than I wanted to have Robinson. Even though I probably, if I could go back, I would probably change it to have Robinson just because the team probably would have looked better. And then knowing what other guys were, were there, like I would have just taken Clyde and would have just called it a day. Can I see the rest of your bench? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the, like the depth, the depth, the depth of receiver is really good. Um, you know, the running backs, you know, it's just like you got handcuffs. But, I mean, Tony Pollard is pretty good on his own, like we've been saying. And it's good to just have Tony Pollard because you never know. Exactly. Something, ha- something happens to Zeke. I have Pollard right there. So I'm chilling. Yeah. I suppose but they again, haven't taken a new picture for Antonio Brown. They're going to get a new picture, trust me. They're going to get a new picture. I'm, I'm not concerned. But He's still wearing his Patriots jersey. It's dumb. <laughs> but, but I will say – that overall, I, I gave this team a B. I gave this team a B just because I'm a little thin at receiver, but it, it could very easily be a B plus A minus team. Very easily. I think I'd rather have the Woods by Claypool Dobbins team as opposed to the alternate universe of Robinson, I Claypool, and then Clyde. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. But I also, but I also think, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here that I think it's a lot easier for me to go and find receivers that I can use to enhance the position more than I can go find running back. Because if, if we just want to look at, at waivers very quick and just kind of see what my options are at each position, if we do, if we sort it based on projected, the best running back here is Damian Williams. It's Damian Williams, Giovanni Bernard, Tevin Coleman, Darrington Evans, Mark Ingram, gross gross but xavier jones is a guy that i am gonna flag and watch just because i think he could be someone that i would probably go pick up and maybe i pick him up and drop philip Lindsay just because you know what about Lindsay, ty johnson philip Lindsay, whatever ty johnson no no thank you but if we look at receivers you know you have tyra williams you have jameson crowder sterling shepherd marquez calloway who has some upside as well uh aj green who may have some upside uh, that is Davis an optimistic projection for AJ Green. That is like a really optimistic projection. I think AJ it's a Green. nice projection for Deshaun Jackson, if you ask me. Oh, it certainly is. It's a nice projection. <laughs> but for a very it, not nice person, fuck Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, fuck him. But at the end of the day, you know what? It, it's it, it's a solid, solid team. I enjoy drafting it. It was a fun draft to do. But Adam, 
we have business to take care of tomorrow. Tomorrow is not going to be fun. Tomorrow is going to be business. All business. All business. And we will be drafting tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And then right after the draft is when I will be getting the podcast up. So it'll be ready for consumption if you are going to be up at 10 o'clock. You'll be able to listen to it at 10 o'clock at night. Or if you're going to be going to work on Wednesday and need something to listen to, it'll be there. And it'll also be on YouTube. It'll also be on the YouTube. Yes. Also be on the YouTube. So very exciting stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's the team folks. That's it. That is the team. OJ's parole board has got to go win a championship. Yes. I mean, I can really tell which part of Long Island we're we're in with all the team names. I mean, of course, we have great team names. Bennett, like Bailey, great team name. OJ's no, no, no. parole board, the, fantastic the team name. Logan Paulson fan club, terrific. CD's yes. nuts, fantastic. No, I mean in this league that you just drafted. In your family well, this, league. Well, this is from all over the country. This is from all over the country. We are we are spread out far and wide. We got, let's see, who, who are we representing here? We got Washington, D.C. We got California. We have Alaska. That's it. Yeah. We're spread out all over. Yes. Well, that's good. But yeah, that is, uh, that's the all team, the cousins, folks. cousins. That's it. That is, that is the team, folks. There you go. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. Un- unless, you know, we good? I-, I got nothing else to say. Ready? Ready for tomorrow, folks. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of everything under the, fa- the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned. Tomorrow, Bird and I are doing our draft. So very exciting stuff. That's going to be on the Basement Talk Podcast uh, YouTube channel that we're going to be starting up and the video file that is going to be posted there. And there's going to be audio on, as per usual, wherever you get your podcast. So for my co-host at Birdsall, for my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro, and we'll talk to you next time. Toodaloo.